three, two, oh, we're already live, we're already live, good evening, welcome to the Tagcast Series 2, Episode 1, and your guest here to, with me today is Reese Schofield. Hello there. People may know him as, go I'm carry the on. You are the first guest on Season 2. Oh, it's an honour, Tommy, thank you very much for gracing me with a bit of presence this evening. Oh. That's fucking all well and good. That's all well and good. But are you gonna bring a good podcast episode? Well, yeah, we've got some good topics to talk about. And there's a lot going on at the moment. Well, to start us off, I've got myself a little book here, and it's a pretty common feature. And what I do with this book is I read you a segment for it and just get a reaction. Yeah, of course. Go ahead. What, what's the title of the book, or am I not allowed to know? The book is The Little Book of Yorkshire Humour. Oh, right, the blurb reads, Yorkshire folk have always been renowned for their humorous, insightful and down-to-earth outlook on life. The proof is in this little book, crammed full of Yorkshire jokes, sayings and anecdotes in traditional Yorkshire dialect, taken from the pages of The Dalesman, the country's favourite magazine. I've never heard of that magazine. What's the magazine called? The Dalesman. The Dalesman? Hmm. Well, I've never heard of that either. But the other book is from 1978 or something like that. That's probably why then. Let, let, let me check, see if I can find the actual date. Uh, copyright Designs, 1988. But it, the illustrators published it in 2010, actually. Ah, oh, okay, so it's an updated version of an old book. Ah. That's a bit of bonus information. Right. Well, go ahead. What's this, uh, what's this little paragraph you've got for me? Right, let's, let's have a page number for you, from you from, a, from about 2 to 126. Um, I will go for 112. 112. On a cold morning, you should always warm your hands. Oh, what, that's it? <laughs> that's all it says. That's all it says. I thought it was a joke, but... <laughs> that's it. Look at that. Come on, morning, you should always... Well, thank you for the... Uh, thank you for the info. <laughs> I suppose I best get it next one. Because that would be a pretty shit, won't it? Yeah, give me the one for that, mate. Give me the one for A Richmond couple had moved into a more rural area of Swardale wife had felt obliged to reprimand the new milkman who delivers were apt to be ha- ha- haphazard. One morning she opened the door and found a milkless doorstep plus a cow grazing passively in the back garden. Despondently she remarked to her husband, I'm afraid yon milkman's taken to off his left us to do it, you send kick. That's, prob- That's pretty much the fucking most detailed reaction I've ever got to a segment of that book. Well, I like it. I like it a lot. It's a uh, good little book. You definitely keep that segment there. That's a, uh, that's a good uh, a good starting start place. I did have another one. I did I did find another book, a country sayings book, but it's grown legs and fucked off. Yeah, it just did one, didn't it? It fucking has, mate. <laughs> But unfortunately, I'm going to have to bring the mood of the podcast down. I found out some sad information today. Oh, what was the sad info? Former UFC fighter from the early days, Paul Valens, passed away at age 51. Oh, that's sad. He was known for fighting the likes of Tank Abbott, Marco Huis. Yeah. I, I think he lost both of them fights, but there were two finals. Still big fights. Well, it were a tournament back in them days. It went to top. When did when did UFC start? When was like the the origins of UFC coming to the uh, coming to the UK? But UFC in itself started back in 1993 uh, under under a different owner, and then it started to lose money a few years in, and he had ended up selling it to Dana White and the Fertitta brothers. 
who then took it to what it is now, but back in the day it was bare knuckle. Like the first one, you had Ice Grey City were fighting in a gi. You had... Speaking of that, Heist Gracie actually went up against this boxer in his very first fight in the tournament that night, and he were a champion at the time with a boxer. However, he didn't want to damage his money-making hands. He wore one boxing glove, and he had one bare knuckle. That's an odd, an odd choice. It is, but he had a fucking huge fight coming up in boxing, and he wanted to keep it safe. Well... In hindsight, you want to warn that boxing glove because jujitsu, you want your hands to grab and you can't grab with a boxing glove on. Yeah, that's a weird one. Another fight in the first round of very first UFC. You had uh, a sumo wrestler going up against a French kickboxer, a Sabat kickboxer. Really? Yeah, and, uh, oh, and the sumo wrestler ended up on his ass with his back against the cage. And the French Savat fighter just volleyed him in the mouth, and you could see the teeth fly into the crowd. Fucking oh, hell. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, no, I've never really watched uh, UFC that much. Like, I, I know there's like, big fights, and wasn't there a uh, Conor McGregor fight recently? Um, yeah, yeah but why he got defeated by Parier by a second round knockout. Yeah, I don't, well, I, I, I don't really follow. I'll know if there's a big fight, but I don't really know. Well, it's a pretty good thing to get into. It's when they're in there, it's just one man or man Some people call it art at its purest form. I know I'm one of them people. Well, a lot of, I mean, a of martial arts really, isn't it? Various martial arts. So, yeah, most likely. So, have you ever done any martial arts? Well, yeah, when I was like, I think I was like seven or eight, and I'd see loads of Jackie Chan films, like Who Am I, and all of that. So, I think me and Scurry joined uh, joined karate for maybe like two weeks. We also did judo as well when we were quite young. Scurry managed to get onto a few belts, but I haven't ever got a white belt. I never really tried that hard with it. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm good. I'm uh, practicing for a belt right now in kickboxing. Oh. I'm going for my green belts. And what was the belt system in, uh, in kickboxing? Well, for the first six months or whatever, you're a no belt. Yeah. And then you're a red belt, yellow belt, orange belt, green belt, then it's blue belt. And I believe it could be purple after blue, I'm not quite sure. But uh, so you've done quite well then, if you get the green belt, you're not far off the, the rest of the belts. Well, what it is, you see, when my nan died, I got uh, some inheritance from a house selling. Yeah. And the, the year prior, I did six weeks training at the thing, and I, I really enjoyed it. But I, I stopped for some reason, I can't remember. And um, a year later, Fucking, I've got this money. I thought to myself, I want to stick at this. So I paid for a year up front and I became completely obsessed. Well, good, man. Well, it's good to get into something, yeah. It's good to have a passion towards something. And martial arts is a fantastic thing to get into. It clears the mind, apparently. Oh, it really fucking does. Trust me, mate. Fucking... That's one of those, when you, when you do exercise, you get into a certain zone in your head, don't you? There's a certain place that you go to when you're, uh, when you're mid-exercise and you're super into it, and that just progresses you on to go next time. Like, I want to beat what I did last time. It's not only that, fucking martial arts, it's more of a, more of a family, to, 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 to excuse the cheesy language, but... It's more, it's more like it's you're all there for the same thing and you and you and you've got and you you can't get anywhere 
if you don't have anyone to practice with in martial arts. Oh, yeah, exactly. You always need someone to, uh, to help you, to teach you. I, t- I tell you something, I've got some good friendships out of knocking each other in the face hundred times. Yeah, you probably do, because when you're all in that environment together, you're all, you're all doing it. There is, like, there's one person Your audio went a little bit fuzzy there, mate. Oh, sorry, Tommy. I was saying it's, uh, you're all learning with each other, aren't you? That's why it's such a, like, a tight-knit family unit. You're all helping each other learn. It is, and you've really got somebody else's life in your hands, because if you do something dodgy, you could fuck them up forever. Well, yeah, exactly. And the same on your end. They could, they could fuck you up. So you all want to be of the same discipline, really, don't you? That's right, that's right. So... Yeah, it's all- You're more of a wrestling man though, aren't you? Well, yeah, I prefer my WWE to, uh, to actual, uh, actual, actual martial arts. But WWE and TNA are fantastic because it's such a show and it's such ridiculous over-the-top characters that you have coming in. Tell me about the time you met Hulk Hogan. Well, we didn't actually meet Hulk Hogan. We were in the same room as, uh, as Hulk Hogan when we went to see TNA in Manchester. And we, uh, me, it was me and Scoey going out, got him up for his, uh, for his birthday. And it was sometime in, uh, I think it was in December. And this was years ago, this was I mean, about six, seven years ago. And we decided we'd drive down to Manchester for the night to go see it. It started at like, I think it was like seven o'clock or so. So we drove there. And Joel and uh, Spoon decided to come along as well for the ride, just because they wanted to go for a night out in Manchester. So we drove down there and got to the, uh, and got to Manchester Arena and parked up. Me and Scoey went in, and Joel and Spoon were like, "Yeah, we'll just go for a night out in there uh, in Manchester." So we left them and uh, went into went in to go see go see TNA. And at the time, it was the storyline between um, it was. Who was going to marry Hulk Hogan's um, daughter? <laughs> Bubba, was it Bubba Ray? <laughs> I think it was, anyway. Yeah, Bubba Ray was going to marry Hulk Hogan's daughter. Um, and uh, and then, yeah, we uh, we saw Hulk Hogan. Then came on and did his thing where he moved his hand about and put it next to his ear. And it was fantastic. And then we saw Bubba Ray Dudley and the Dudley Boys, whatever they call they were fantastic and I can't remember if James Storm was there or not but it was a it was a great a great day and then once we'd um, once we'd seen WWE um I'm sorry TNA um absolutely loved it and then we were about to leave and so we met up with Joel and Spoon again but they they just got they just got completely bored with Manchester didn't even go for a few drinks just literally walked back to the car and just sat doing shotties in the car the whole time while we were gone. Fucking <laughs> and, hell. And, uh, then we decided uh, decided to drive back home, but as we as we were leaving, it started snowing loads, and by the time we got to the motorway, it was just completely coated in snow. You, you couldn't you couldn't move, so we had to pull in at a service station and like push the car up the hill onto the service station. The snow was that bad. And we pulled up and sat in the car park and we're like, well, we're just going to have to try and stay in this travel lodge for the night. So we walked into the travel lodge and we're like, look, our car's got stuck in the snow. Can we just have one room for the night for one person and four of us sleep in it? And she was like, no, you can't do that. It's 80 quid for one person. We're like, oh my God. And we didn't have any cash between it. So we had to sleep in the Nissan Micro in the snow all night. It was fucking horrendous. Fucking hell, but that got cold, didn't it? Oh yeah, it was bloody freezing, mate, and there was four of us in the car. I mean, four of us in the car sort of heated it up a little bit, but we're all sat in the car, absolutely freezing, just doing shotties in the car. And then uh, the police turned up, they pulled up next to us, and we were like, oh 
conversation it went down for and luckily they didn't do anything they just walked and got out of the car and walked off and I think I don't know where they were they just walked off so we uh, luckily we didn't get caught by them <laughs> fucking hell well that's what happens when you go to Manchester in December well yeah that's it it was a uh, T&A was fantastic the whole trip was fantastic but it was uh, uh, it was a bit much with all the snow and then we we left in the morning and I remember we were driving home and there was signs for Eureka oh yeah and, yeah uh, I was on the right hand side of the road on the other in the third lane Fucking hell, you're lucky it didn't fucking spin out. when I went to go see wrestling when I was about 10 there's two things that I remember about it one the absolute size of the big show the telly doesn't do him justice he is a fucking huge man and two the chair shot Ric Flair took from Triple H Ric Flair versus Triple H Yeah, mate, and he took a chair shot. Oh, mate, it, it, it was it was so spectacular at the time. Oh, mate, it was fantastic. There's noise from it, mate. It was so loud. Fucking hell. Who was that? Triple H versus... Versus Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think, it, I think it could have been in about 2005. When they, were, when they did the UK tour. Well, how old is Ric Flair now? Like, in 2005, he must have been, like, surely in his late 50s. What? 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 Should we pull that up right now? Yeah, get the Ric Flair uh, information. Right. So. Ric Flair. Age. It already knew what I was going to ask. He was born in 1949. 1949? Hell, a long fucking time ago then. And that meant... So yeah, he was uh, in 2000... When did you say? 2005? Yeah, it would have been 50, 56. Well, the way you took the chair shot, mate, you can see why everyone refers to him the best. Yeah, fuck. So, I, for, I forgot to ask you my first question that I was, I was supposed to ask everybody. Oh, go ahead. What's your name and where do you come from? <laughs> my name's uh, Rhys Schofield. I was born in Oxford. I uh, lived there for three years and then moved to Tadcaster. And what did you do in Tadcaster? What did I do in Tadcaster? Um, I don't know. I uh, do you want my whole story of Tadcaster. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I went to... What did you do it in serve? Uh, well, I started on the phones at first, phoning people up asking what, because they're a beer dispense, the unit system maintenance thing, I can't remember exactly what they do, but beer dispense maintenance. And I was on the phones from there, and then I got promoted into IT, worked in IT for like two, three years, and then saved up while I was there and went travelling for a bit. Yeah. So where did you travel to? Me, me and Max McQuillan went, uh, went travelling 
like when we first planted it, it was like the first time I went we did the interrailing for a month around uh, Europe and we went we went all over. We started in Amsterdam and went to Hamburg, then to Denmark and then Norway, up to Bergen in Norway. And we we tried to stay out for the Northern Lights because we camped at the top of this mountain in uh, in Norway. Well actually I'll tell you what happened when we got to Norway. We got to Norway and um we were in this place called Bergen and it was like right at the top top of Norway, well halfway up Norway really, not right right at the top. It's probably just above Scotland in uh like on the map. Um anyway we get to we get to Bergen and uh, we get there quite late, I think it's like twelve, one in the morning and there's no nowhere's open, there's no hostels or anything open anymore. And um we decided fuck it, we'll just have to sleep uh sleep on a bench in a park. So we uh we get in our uh, get our sleeping bags and get on this and get on these benches and just wait out until the morning. And it was absolutely freezing because we were fucking in Norway and I think it was in was it in, in March. Fucking hell. So it was, yeah, it was absolutely freezing but, but we, we snuggled up and got comfortable. And then in the morning we were we were awoken by like loads of people walking through this park, like hundreds of people and it was right next to the train station. So it was like everyone commuting through this park to get to get to the train station. And uh, we decided to go, we'll go back to sleep for a little bit. And then about half an hour later we were woken up by um <coughs> um by the press, like by that newspaper. And uh, she she did like an on, online newspaper. And it was um, just that local one, and she was just asking why we were why we were sleeping on the bench because they don't they don't get loads of homeless people up there, and they thought we were homeless. And they, they broke down our entire story where we travelled from and what we were doing, and then she popped it on the uh, on the local paper online that day, and then we were walking around this shop later on, and this lady comes up to us and goes, "Are you?" Are you the boys from the paper who didn't have anywhere to stay uh, last night? We're like, yeah. yeah. So she's like, would you like to stay in my hostel for the night for free? Just because I really liked your story. We're like, yeah, of course. So this lady gave us a free night in a hostel in Norway, look, overlooking this mountain. It's fantastic. Okay, now. Yeah, well, it was great. And then the next day we camped on top of that mountain and we smuggled some weed from Amsterdam all the way up to the top of Norway decided to smoke a spliff up there and we were going to watch the northern light but we got so stoned we just fell asleep and missed the northern light <laughs> so how much better is that weed from Amsterdam oh yeah like I mean a lot better than UK weed but I mean there's, there's, there are some people in the UK that will grow it properly and do it properly but yeah Amsterdam is just the quality of all the weed is just fantastic Absolutely fantastic. I've got a mate from um, from Holland, Moreno. He's called. Yeah. And he says the strongest is annihilation. What were the strongest? Annihilation. What was the strongest you had in Amsterdam? I, to be honest, Tommy, I've been to Amsterdam so many times. I just couldn't tell you. I've been to Amsterdam more times than I've been to Leeds. Really? Like, next to Leeds, yeah. I've been to Amsterdam so many times. No, I, I don't know. I absolutely don't know what the strongest weed would have been there. Yep. I'd be pretty stoned, I can tell you that. <laughs> I'd be pretty stoned in some places, though. I've still never been. You've never been? No. Oh, uh, tell me, I'll have to go sometime. You'd absolutely love it. Fucking... Well, will you anymore? Well, yeah, we'll be able, we'll be able, of course. At some point, we will be able to go, just maybe not this year. But next year, when things open up, then yeah, we'll definitely be able to go. But Amsterdam is fantastic. But the rest of Holland is really nice as well. Amsterdam is very different to the rest of Holland. Is like, it? The rest of Holland is very quaint and like very picturesque and nice. And so, so is Amsterdam. Amsterdam definitely has its parts, but Amsterdam has that sort of like seediness to it with the red light district and then all the coffee shops and such close proximity to each other. It just gives it this sort of I don't know, bizarre sort of drug lord feeling, like some sort of crime city 
right? And like during the day, it's not like that. But at night, you've got all these men on the side of the corner who are going, hey, go again, go again, you want to buy? Eh, yeah, eh, yeah, you want to buy? Eh, yeah. and like follow you down the street trying to get you to buy cocaine. But the, the rest of Holland, like you've got places like Rotterdam, is similar to Amsterdam, but Rotterdam is just more like a big city. It's more like Leeds or like Manchester or something. It's not, not as historic as Amsterdam, but it does have its parts. So, so what were it like being mugged with a needle? <laughs> yeah, well, we went, uh, that was the first time we went to Amsterdam when it was, we decided to get the ferry across. And, um, yeah, we, I think it was our second day there. We just, we just smoked a bit in our, uh, in our hostel and decided to come out. And literally, as soon as we all walked onto the street, we were walking for not even 30 seconds. This guy comes up to us and, uh, he goes to shake my hand. He goes, oh, hey, my hand, shake my hand. And he had a bag of something. I don't know what it was, but he put it in my hand. He's like, oh, that's yours, mate. I'm like, no, mate, I don't want it. He's like, no, you're keeping it. It's yours, no. I'm like, no. So I put it on top of this bin. And then he ran after us with the bag. He's like, you guys got to pay for this now. You took it off me. It's been tainted. You've got to pay for it. And he was, he had, he was Irish. And he was with this, this Moroccan man, this little Moroccan fellow. who's like this small little bizarre man with his a black hoodie on and had his hood up and uh, and anyway yeah, he carried on and carried on and they were, were like we're not paying for it and then suddenly he grabbed Billow and had this needle to his neck and he's like right I'm not going to stab him if no one gives him any money we're like no you're not you're not going to stab him and he let go of him eventually and as soon as he let go of him the police undercover police just jumped on top of him and just got him to the ground and just held him there, and, and we were like, oh no, what's going on? So we all ran off, and um, <laughs> about, and, uh, probably like 30 seconds later, this, old, this guy comes up to us, <laughs> and uh, he just goes, oh, stop right there, and gets this gun out of his, uh, gets this gun out of his jacket. And we were like, oh my God, what's going on? He was like, no, I'm a police officer, I'm proving a police officer, and got his badge out as well. And they, they, they were, they were very Dutch, they didn't speak uh, that good English, but they could, uh, we could speak to them. And yeah, they were like, you're going to have to come in for questioning because we need to know what happened in this incident. And the guy who was questioned didn't speak good English at all. And we had to take these statements down and we were there, stoned out of our minds in this police, uh, in this police station with these Dutch police officers who all gave us these really horrible cups of tea. <laughs> yeah, we're in there for about three, four hours, and eventually we got out. And we were like, well, that's our whole day gone. Just sat in something. So, what's it, what's it like sitting inside a Dutch police station? I mean, it's not. It's not, it's not that interesting. There was nothing to do. We just had to wait for each other to finish giving statements one by one, and it just took so long. They needed to know so much information because I mean it was a, an assault. So they just needed to know what was going on. Then we all got letters sent back home <laughs> about that he was going to court and if we wanted to appear in court with him, we were like, no, not at all. Well, you might have got yourself a free trip to Amsterdam. How expensive is that? Yeah, free trip to Amsterdam to go sit in court for a child of a guy who almost stabbed your mate. I wouldn't want to see him again. Let the jury deal with that one. Would you remember his face? I definitely, yeah. If I, I mean, probably not now, but if then, yeah, I would have remembered his face. If I, if he were to put me in front, in front of me now, I'd no idea who he was. So, so you, you mentioned all these other places. What, what other stories have you got? Well, places that I've been to. Yeah. I've been so many places. Um, when, so I, when I, uh, when I was travelling for like the second time round, when I wasn't with Max, I just went off, just off around Europe, and didn't really have much of a plan. So my first spot was uh, was Amsterdam, and I decided uh, to uh, just stay in Dam for a bit, and um, I was camping. And uh, I just had uh, my, my backpack and my tent and I uh, hired a bike for like two weeks. I was like, fuck it, I'll just stay in Holland for like two weeks. 
because I, I just had loads of money and I was like, I'll just stay in hostels and hang about in Europe for as long as I could throughout the summer. I think I went in like June. And, uh, and then, yeah, I'd stayed in this little, uh, little tent site, little campsite, and met some people there, and then went out and dropped them, then decided and cycled to Rotterdam. Um, and on the way to Rotterdam, probably maybe about 20 miles off Rotterdam, 15 miles off, there's a place called Den Haag, um, which is The Hague. Um, that's what I think it translates to, Den Haag. And uh, I went to this hostel called Tinkle Hostel, which was absolutely fantastic when I was in my early 20s. It was just this cool, like, hippie little hostel. And every, every room had a different theme, so there was like a barnyard room where the beds were like laid out, um, like little barnyard things, so they had like red sheets with like thatched cushions and there was like straw in the room and stuff. And then uh, there was one where it was just all page three on the wall, the walls were just plastered with just tits all over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it was all funny. And then there was like higher classrooms. And there, where you can, well, uh, on the top floor, it was like a four-tier building. And on the top floor, there was like really classy rooms. Like, so just two people could stay in them rather than like 12 people in one room. And there was like a graffiti room where there's just like graffiti all over the wall. And it was a great hostel. And then uh, I met this guy called Moses there, who was a, uh, he, I can't remember why he was there at the hostel. I, I can't remember anyway I met him in the hospital and stayed with him for a little bit and uh, we became good friends and you, yeah you just meet loads of people in hostels it's just it's a fantastic atmosphere because everyone's just there hanging out like no one's really got anything on so you just hang out all day together yeah. which is uh, which is really nice and then uh, from there where did it go uh, went to Paris after that and uh, met uh, these girls called uh, Lexi and Cassie, who were these American girls. And um, yeah, I was, why did I meet them in uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport? And when we went to, uh, what was that? Yeah, I met them in, well, that was when I was leaving Paris when I met them, sorry, and then we travelled to Barcelona. Barcelona was fantastic. I rented a longboard while I was there, and I was at the top of this huge hill, my hostel. So I'd, you could go down all the hills and beach and water. It was fantastic. Yeah, I've been loads of places and they don't do any stories. Yeah. So, your brother Schofield, Jack. Brother Scott. Is the record number of views we've had on the Tadcast? Is it? And he brought him. He brought himself a poem about bald women. It did. My question to you is, is it a thing that runs in the family? What? Poem, poems about bald women? Yeah. You... <laughs> um, I mean, not really, no. We don't, we, there's nothing that runs in the family. I think it must have just been from the mind of Scoey. So how would you describe Scoey to somebody who'd no. never seen him before? I don't know, a fun-loving boy. He's a, he's a good one, Scott. I mean, uh, yeah, a fun chappy, a funny, a funny lad, a good, a good-hearted man. Uh, how would you describe Joel? Joel. I don't know. Joel's a good lad as well. Joel's a really nice, uh, nice boy. Kind. How would you describe Spoon? Somebody else I'm gonna ask you, but I can't remember. <laughs> uh. So, what is your opinion on the doping body of UFC not testing for cannabis? Well, not failing somebody for cannabis anymore. Well, they're not being failed for uh, having cannabis. What is it? Just in California, or is it the entirety of UFC? Uh, I think it stands for 
United States of America Drugs Agency. I could be wrong though. Each state, each state can still deem it to be illegal if they choose to each commission, but the general body is not considering it anymore. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I don't know, I mean, it's not like it's really, it relaxes your muscles, does it? That's the only, the only thing I can think of it being a sort of enhancer. Because it, well, you'd be able to train a little bit more if you did a big session, then had a split or got quite stoned. Then the next day you'd be more relaxed than you would have been if you didn't get stoned. So it probably has benefit being able to smoke it, I imagine. Well, but it also makes you quite lazy. So you probably, if you're uh, if you're a dedicated fighter, you probably don't want to be smoking weed. That's very true. That's very true. But, well, I mean, if you can handle it, then go ahead. Because maybe, maybe if you have like that much energy in you, you always not, you're always being violent all the time. Well, not all the time, but when you fight, and it's quite violent. Like having a split will probably wind you down at the end of the day, and you'd feel a lot better and not as on edge. Well, it's funny you should say what, what you just said. I got informed the other day that a legendary fighter, Kazushi Sakuraba, used to smoke 40 a day. 40 splits a day? Or 46 a day? 6. 46 a day. So I've been informed. Oh, that's a lot of ciggies, right? Certainly fucking is, isn't it? I'm in fair dues. Smell that many ciggies, smell that many ciggies. It's still going. Well, he's still, he's still going, still smoking cigarettes. He's not fighting, but I mean, he's still alive. Good <laughs> So tell me about a random story from a night out, then. A random story from a night out. The first thing that springs to mind, I don't know why this springs to mind, but we, uh, we used to have a thing called an Irish eye shot what Billow came up with was where you get a we, we were really fucking young when we did it in the early we must have been maybe like 19 20 19 you get anyway you get a, a shot glass probably with whatever spirit you want and then instead of shotting it you put it to your eye and pull your eye back a little bit and just pour it in your eye and it's called an Irish eye shot I remember Billow doing one on a night out in the in blue flight like an absolute goof but does all the liquid go into your eye then? No, it doesn't all go into your eye, it just goes onto your face. It's like a little bit goes in your eye and it burns and then everything else just spills down your face. It's not even worth doing. I can't imagine doing one or something like that. No, you don't want to. No, I mean, we were very young. We were just, it was a very long time ago now. So, what happened after you did the eye shot? You know what, I can't remember. To be honest, I can't really remember why we're even out. It might be Blow's birthday, that's why he was fucking his eye. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, that was just a, a thing that popped up mind from a York night out. But I haven't had night out anymore. It's hard to pick a particular night out, there's been that many funny nights out. Well, let's hear a few then. I'm trying to remember some stuff that happened. It's hard to, uh, hard to pick a, uh, a certain night out. I mean, it's been so many. Well, tell you what, to narrow your uh, search down, how, how about including Schofield in it? What, a night out with Scotty? Yeah. There was a night out with, uh, with Scotty where we went to see Craig Charles. <laughs> and we, uh, we started, we started scrapping me and Scoey on the middle of the dance floor for some reason. And we got kicked out by these bouncers, but these bouncers were really rough with us. So we're like, fuck you. And we decided to team up, put our differences aside and fight the bouncers. But it didn't go well, and these bouncers just beat the absolute fuck out of us. <laughs> <laughs> he, actually, he actually told that, that story when he came on. What, Scoey told the same story? Yeah. 
you ask him the same question? That's going on for about two hours, fucking. Uh, I was giving him some right fucking questioning. Yeah, just going. Just going. Just going should be a regular feature on this podcast, man. He's been rejecting my calls ever since. Oh, ever since the podcast, really? Yeah. I'll get him to give you a call, man. Yeah, fucking. I, I wonder if we could get him in this one right now. You wanna? I tell you who you should get on, man. You should get on Big Steve. He won't come yeah. on. Will he not? No. Why not? He don't want nothing to do with it. Uh, yeah, I missed the Calvin Crozier one as well. Uh, that were actually on mute. Was it? It was on mute all the time, so I can't. Um, you need to get him back on, because Calvin Crozier is such an interesting bloke. Like, Calvin Crozier is such a good lad. He listens to every episode, so... <laughs> oh, uh, Calvin. He's gonna hear yeah, this. Calvin, Calvin Crozier is the... Like, I went to college with Calvin Crozier for a little bit, and I knew him as good as well. We, we, I mean, we were close, close to school, but we got to know each other a lot better when we were at college together. And he's just he's such a nice guy, he's more knowledgeable about just, like, random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good lad. Yeah, you should get Calvin Crozier back on Big So why doesn't Big Steve want to do it? He just, he just said he didn't want nothing to do with it. Why not? He's, he's, he's such a good conspiracy podcast to have going. Like, I'd love to get some of, uh, love to hear some of his theories. Well, uh, you've just reminded me of the main topic of today's podcast. It was supposed to be requ- as requested by a viewer. Conspiracy theories. What, just in general? A particular conspiracy theory? He just said conspiracy theories. Who was it? Who, who requested? Joel. Oh, from Joel. <laughs> Is Joel the only person who requests? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to Joel. Conspiracy theories. I mean, um, there's, there's so many. There's a bloody lot of conspiracy theories out there. What's, what's the first one that comes to your head? Flat Earth springs to mind. Uh, moon landings, JFK. Well, let's start with a flat Earth. Let's break that down. The, I don't know, flat Earth obviously it's not like if you've been in a plane you know the earth is flat like you can just see you can, you don't have to that's what I don't get I don't get these people who think it just ends no one's ever got to the end so there'd be pictures of the end like, it just doesn't make sense well they reckon there's that big ice wall though what like a game of thrones <laughs> that's what they reckon what do you but then why isn't why do we have pictures of the Earth from space and it's spherical, but then they think there's a giant wall of ice surrounding a flat Earth and we don't have pictures of it, it just doesn't make sense. And for so many people would have to be in on that conspiracy. Like, if they were saying the government's hiding it from us and they're saying the, the world is actually spherical when it's flat. And there'd have to be millions of people in on that. It just doesn't make sense. You couldn't. It's just stupid. But I heard um, one of the flat earthers did an experiment to prove it was flat, and his results came back that it were round. <laughs> well, there, there you go. Yeah. So, the moon landing is the next one you said. Yeah, the moon landing. That's a good, uh, a good conspiracy. Obviously, I do think we landed on the moon. Nothing, but apparently they had. There was footage that they filmed just in case they couldn't actually get to the moon. And I think, was it Stanley Kubrick? He filmed that and like made a fake video just in case they didn't get to the moon, but they did, obviously. And the footage we see is real, but apparently there's a video out there, like a fake one, in case it didn't happen. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's quite strange, isn't it? Fucking... So, why do you think we haven't been back? Because it costs so much money to get to the moon, and what, like, what are we going to do on that? Like, we've been once, we've got what we needed. Like, the best thing would you be send a, uh, a probe up there, or like a little little thing to go zoom about on the moon and gather data from there. It'd be cheaper and a lot easier than sending a load of blokes up there. Do you think there's little green men running about somewhere? I don't think there's little green men running about on the moon, but I think maybe in another solar system 
yeah, there definitely will be life. Because there's so many stars out there, so many suns with so many like Earth-like planets. Yeah, of course. And there'll definitely be something out there. Maybe it's not as intelligent as we are, but it could be just like some random mammals going about. I know, but there's some people who reckon the stars are just just a camera light shining back down. What, like in the Truman Show? I've never seen that. You've never seen the Truman Show? The Truman Show is fantastic, Tommy, you'd love it. Yeah, what's it about? It's about a, um, a fella who is born into this experiment where they take a child and they film him for his entire life. But as he gets older, they set it up. So it's like a TV show. So you, it's always on TV, 24-7, them just filming this guy. And they like set his life up. So they, they decide what job he'll have, the exam results he'll get, who he'll, what girl he'll fall in love with. And they set his whole life up. And the, the film starts when he's like, probably like 30-odd. And um, he starts to realize there's something going on in his life that is, just isn't right. And that view everyone in it, everyone in his life is an actor. Like everyone's just set up to make this show. And he starts to realize <clears throat> that's pretty much the premise of, uh, premise of the film. That's actually um, a disorder, you know. It's actually official disorder, that. What, thinking that you're on a TV show? Think, thinking that everyone's an actor and stuff, and um, that, that you, can, you can think that people who you know has been replaced with, with actors. Yeah, I've heard about that. But there's also another variant where you think yourself has been replaced with an actor. Um, people who get abducted think that, don't they? That they've been replaced. Like they're a clone of themselves, and the, the real body is on a spaceship somewhere. Oh. Go on, tell me more, that's sent you me goosebumps. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know, that's just what people say from, uh, or, or at least some people do, that they've, uh, feel like they're, they've been cloned, and they're not the real version of themselves. Which is very bizarre. Another disorder that I watched on this particular thing, um, where you think you're dead. You think you're dead? <laughs> you might sound right. No, no, like literally, you think you're dead, so so you just lay there, you don't breathe, you don't eat, you don't drink, until you die of fucking thinking you're dead. Yeah, until you until you <laughs> die. What a horrible disease! I know, man. Thinking you're dead disease. Oh, well, I'm dead. Might as well do now. Fucking when Sam Wright took too many fucking whatever he took some legal fucking high. He thought he was dead, and he took all of his clothes off and had a wank outside the Queen. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I did, I've never heard about that. It's a story for another time, it's not one to, uh, not one to tell on a podcast. You've already maybe told it now. Maybe at some point, but... You've already told it now, motherfucker. I have told the whole story, there's so much more to that story, man, that's just the basis of it. Yeah, you can't just give a little intro like that. No, uh, give you a little snippet, mate, a little snippet of the good stuff. We're going to have to get you back on for another episode, if you like. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to crush me in for another episode. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll do an episode of Calvin Crozier, I'd love to do an episode of Crozier. Ah. Really now? Yeah, give let him know, so you want to do an episode of Roots. Yeah. I'd love to have a chat with him again. Do you have WhatsApp? I've got WhatsApp, yeah. I could set you up in a group with him on WhatsApp. Yeah, me, you and Calvin Crazy, is it? That'd be a good podcast. Yeah, that would be a good podcast, man. I know Calvin Crazy has got some good stuff to say. I want to know what he thinks about ancient civilization. I bet it's a conspiracy theory we could talk about. What? Yeah, man. What? You up? What's your opinion on ancient civilizations? I, I think there was... Um, yeah, I think there was definitely a civilization before ours. Because there's, uh, there's a fella called Randall Carlson who, um, who 
deals with, uh, I can't remember exactly what he deals with, but he deals with like the geography of the world and the landscape. And they found out that so many thousands of years ago there was a great cataclysm and all these, uh, all these glaciers melted like traveled across the world smashing up everything and destroying destroying what they thought was a civilization and they found there's this place called Globekli Tepe in Turkey and they found um, remains of this all these structures that stretch out and I think it's for like half a mile or so just all these structures and these great temples that um, are from around the time when there was this cataclysm so they put two and two together, and through this guy called Graham Hancock and uh, Randall Carlson, and they've they've sussed out that there probably was an ancient civilization before before us, and it was wiped out by this huge cataclysm. Mm-hmm. No, it's really interesting stuff. You should look into it. Globally, it's cool. How far advanced was the civilization? Well, they had. Uh, the carvings that they had on these big stone pillars were all like really well carved things, stuff that you couldn't just do with a chisel that they thought people could do back then, like they thought there was just hunter gatherers. But there is this <clears throat> this other civilization that had these tools and were able to carve these crazy sculptures of animals and things. Could it have been an alien? Um I mean, there's a possibility that aliens could have come down and when we were like, like primate-esque things, they could have experimented on us and made us into humans, or humans could have already been about and they gave us some, some information that we had great civilizations back then and then we were wiped out. I just don't know, do you? It's interesting, that, what, what a transition from a tribe to a town. <clears throat> a tra- transition from a tribe to a town. Yeah. Uh, I suppose in a tribe, it's all you're all in it together, are you? No. And in a town, you're all in it together. But in a town, everything's way more set up than it would have been. That's what. That's what I mean. At what? At what stage did they go from a couple of tents to start making settlements? Probably around the time there was. They started agriculture, so the time they started farming animals and the time they started growing corn and actually having one place to live in, rather than being a tribe that travelled to get the food that was out there. So once they settled in one spot, I imagine things built around there and then towns will have come from that. So yeah, when they started keeping animals for food and started growing their own crops. So... I could give you a time period for that. What was the world's first city? The world's first city, absolutely no idea. No idea, the world's first city. I don't know, whatever. Somewhere in Africa, I imagine. That's, that's a fair point, that's a fair point. Looking... Yeah. Where else could it be? Because it were all basically Africa then, wasn't it? Well, that's where they found the oldest remains of, like, early, early civilization. Would. So you imagine there would have been some sort of build-up of people. So, something city-esque. They reckon they were giants, didn't they? They could have been giants. That'd be cool. I suppose there is a few giants nowadays, like a fighter Hongman Choi, 7 foot 3, fucking... A huge yeah, man, gigantism's got him, though. Yeah, the guy who played the mountain in Game of Thrones, he's fucking huge. Half far beyond fighting Eddie Hall this year. Really? In a boxing match, it's going to be the world's heaviest yeah, boxing match. Who do you reckon will win that? No idea. Hall versus fucking mountain. The mountain is fucking big. He's unusually large, that man. He's been training with Bass Rutten as well. Oh, he could have it then, the mountain, because he is fucking huge. Yeah, the box. did take the hound to kill him, so you never know. Fucking... 
he had an exhibition fight with Ward a couple of weeks ago. Winner. Uh, Ward. 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 I can't remember his first name. Could be Shane, I could be wrong though. Shane Ward. Wasn't Shane Ward in Boyzone? <laughs> I don't know. I think Shane Ward was in Boyzone, man. Oh, the maximum recording time for segments is 60 minutes. Please, please keep an eye on the clock. So apparently, we can only do an hour. Oh, wow. What a shame. That's interesting. That well, is interesting. That's sort of come to a right to an abrupt end, hasn't it? Well, I mean, you can just start another one. That's the point. It, it's, it does say four segments in 60 minutes, so I wonder if it means just uh, start another we'll segment. We'll see what happens at the 60 minute mark. If it cuts off, it cuts off. If it's done, it's done. Well, yeah, fucking... I'm sure I've seen podcasts longer than that. Yeah, there's definitely podcasts longer than an hour. So, it's very interesting. Have we, does it tell you if we've had any viewers whatsoever? Has anyone watched this at any point? We've got somebody currently live on, with us on Twitch. Oh my god. People have been dropping in throughout. Cool. I can't check it at the minute though, because I'm on this, so I'll try and do it though. No, it's alright, don't worry about it. I'm not that bothered. I'm trying to think of some other good, good lineups you could get on. You'd get Joel on. Joel would be a good guest. I'll come on with Joel. Talk about his unhealthy John Barrow in this session. <laughs> he does love it. So, I asked Scoey this. Eh? What? Why has he got an unhealthy obsession with John Barrowman? He doesn't have an unhealthy obsession with John Barrowman. We just made up that he did because he looked, or used to look, a little bit like John Barrowman. Ah. That's it. That's all it is, and we said that he is, he actually is John Byron, and John Byron is also John Byron, so it's a paradox. <laughs> so you used to actually have your own podcast, didn't you? We didn't have our own podcast, we used to just record all the shit that we chatted at the hills. It wasn't, it wasn't a podcast, it was just various recordings. Fucking the hills. Yeah, the hills. How would you describe the hills? Well, it's just a hill at the back of, uh, well, it's not really just a hill, is it? It's uh, a large area of land where there's cattle next to the river. Oh, f- fucking guess what I found out today from the, from Polcat. What? You know, near the hills is, it's like that fence that goes into that garden, woody, woody bit. That were actually a graveyard for the Black Death. Was it? I didn't know that. Mmm. Imagine, imagine that if you just went digging in there and bloody got yourself a plague. <laughs> got yourself a plague. But you never know, you might get yourself a plague at the Secret Garden. Was it called the Secret Garden? That's what people used to call it. That's the one, that's the one. The secret garden. Uh, these do they have pigs in there or did have pigs in there running about? Whatever. Yeah, they did. Fucking hell. I didn't know. I miss Caddy though, I miss being in Tess. So, so where are you living at the minute? I'm in Sheffield at the moment. Yeah, you're in Sheffield. Ah. Do you know anyone called Stephen Parks? No, I don't. Do you know anyone called. <laughs> Um, I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of what he'd be called, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I will know him. Fucking... Here's a crazy thing that happened, actually. Years ago on Xbox, I was running tournaments on UFC and there was this guy called Fishy. Had him on, had him on Facebook and that, Joe Fishburn. And a memory came up, and um, it, it wasn't him. 
it, it wasn't the same person. The whole profile changed into like um, a Muslim Muslim's profile. No, no, you've been catfished, mate. You got catfished. No, it, it, honestly, it was a real person. They were, they were from oh, Sheffield. I don't know. Tell me, it, it sounds went... like you might have been catfished.